So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our business, grow our leadership and develop our teams in a way that allows us to get our products and services out of the world yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Hey, before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at club.capital. Chris, I'm really excited about this podcast today. So we decided to do something a little bit different. I think if we go back and look at the 30 plus episodes we've put out. I don't know if there's been one episode we have put out yet that a book has not been recommended or talked about. And so as we were thinking about wrapping up 2020, we felt like it would be a good idea to share each of our top five favorite books that we read of 2020 and just kind of go through those and what are some of the key takeaways that we got from those. So I'm really excited about this podcast. Absolutely, Bradley. As I'm sure that many of our listeners may know, both you and I love reading. We're big fans of constantly learning and reading is one of our favorite mediums. I mean, I know that you have a huge self-development budget that goes outside of reading. I'm not quite at your level yet, but that being said, I'm incredibly excited just like you are by this episode. So let's go ahead and dive into it. Just so everybody knows, the format will be that we'll just go back and forth, you know, with like five, five, four, four, three, three, et cetera. And I could not be any more excited. If there's one thing that I love to talk about besides technology and insurance, of course, it's got to be reading books. So let's go ahead and get into it, Bradley. Google makes it easy. Swap a card, pay for marketing. Sure, you get a few more phone calls, but they have nothing to do with your business. The truth is Google can't understand the buyer's intent. Enter Matt and Maddie Jonesa, the husband-wife duo adding intention to your online marketing game. As a State Farm agent himself, Matt built his business by maximizing the volume and quality of inbound calls. His success led to the creation of DirectClicks, a company helping insurance agents across the country grow their business through online campaigns. They focus on Google ads so you don't have to spread your budget across the internet. With attention to detail and transparency, they provide monthly review calls, exclusivity, and the lowest cost per click. So before you swap that card, Contact Matt and Maddie Jonesa at directclicksinc.com. Again, that's directclicksinc.com. All right. So my number five favorite book of 2020, if you've listened to the podcast very much, you know, I'm a big basketball guy as well. So my favorite sports team, even though I'm much more of a college person, my favorite sports team in the NBA is going to be the Lakers. And so I had had it recommended to read The Eleven Rings, The Soul of Success by Phil Jackson. And I just never had done it. And so I read it earlier this summer and I was just infatuated by it. And I think part of it too was after Kobe Bryant's death in January of this year, maybe want to read this book as well. And, you know, it shares the insider story basically of two of the best basketball teams of all time or arguably two of the best teams of all time, Michael Jordan's Bulls and Kobe's Lakers. And it came from the perspective of the most successful NBA coach of all time, Phil Jackson. There are so many takeaways and just stories that he told that I thought were fascinating. But I thought a few things really stood out to me. Number one is just the love and the bond of brotherhood about how important that is to make winning possible. I felt like that 
one thing I did not anticipate is how much he had distributed leadership down to others and how that had actually elevated his leadership. And then without a doubt, the biggest takeaway of this book for me was how little he would actually intervene and how not intervening is sometimes the very best thing that you can do in a situation. I think a lot of times with our teams or with clients, we try to just jump in and try to solve the problem. And Phil told so many stories about how he would not do that, whether it was Dennis Rodman going on a rampage in Las Vegas and how Michael Jordan wanted to kick him off the team. And Phil didn't do that. Just he had very, you know, to use our friend Barry's or contrarian views about leadership. And I think that that's what made him just so special. So my number five book, 11 Rings by Phil Jackson. Awesome, Bradley. It's very powerful. So thank you for sharing with my number five book. It's going to be a bleep at the end, but it is The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F by Mark Manson. And the reason that I love this book is because it forces you to be self-aware if you are to become a better person and forget about that, to become a happier person. Many times on social media, I'm sure that all of us have seen something that says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. I mean, I heard that and saw that. And at first I was like, duh, that's common sense. But the book makes you really be conscious of what you actually care about. And you write that down. You literally say, this is what I care about. And anything else that is not this, forget about it. I think that's super important, especially in today's day and age, especially in 2020, where news are buzzing 24-7, where notifications are literally walking with us everywhere we go because of us being ultra connected. So this book, I actually read it in the beginning of the year before the pandemic even started. And I got to say that if I had not read it, I probably would have had a tougher time in 2020. But long story short, basically says, choose what to care about and forget the rest. 100% recommend that you all pick it up today. That book has been recommended to me. I think I'm going to put that on my 2020, 2021 reading list or recommended books. I'm going to have to read that one. I actually didn't know that you were going to talk about that book. So it's good to hear you say that. Before we move on, I noticed that you almost said 2020 again. To be honest with you, we have not had a 2020 like this. This whole year has been like <laughs> one long day for me sitting at my house and working the whole time. <laughs> so this year does not count. If I was 26 last year, I'm going to be 26 this year. And next year, I'll be 27 because this year just does not count. Yeah. I saw a picture of... January, it was like, here's 2020, January, February, and then it was like scribbled out December. And that's been 2020. I think a lot of people can certainly relate to that. Okay, my number four book is Willpower Doesn't Work, The Discover the Hidden Keys to Success by Benjamin Hardy. And he basically just talks, this is a really simple concept. And I didn't realize that he was going to talk as much as he did about environment. And instead of white knuckling your way to change, you need to instead alter the surroundings to be able to support the goals and the things that you want to accomplish. And so as an example, if you want to remove distractions from your physical and your digital workspace, if you want creative insights, then you got to get out of town and relax for a day or two. When you change your environment and you surround yourself with different people, your thoughts and your emotions will change. And so the entire book really speaks about the importance of the environment and how your environment shapes that. 
And so that is not what I expected whenever I was going to read that book. I mean, I think it was pretty obvious. Okay, yeah, we only have so much energy in a day. And so that's going to deplete our willpower. I didn't realize how much the environment played into that. And it had this... I don't know why when I was reading the book, it just really made me think about Marie Kondo's book, right? The Magic of Tidying Up, which I have not read that book, but I've had two business owners to recommend that book to me. And I really thought it was going to be not a book that I wouldn't want to read. So I'm going to have to pick that one up as well. But really, I think it is a great book that goes along with some of Cal Newport's books about deep work and digital minimalism. Okay, so when I was reading that book, I was also thinking about the importance of clearing out my physical space, but also clearing out my digital space. And so I've actually done some things this year to reorganize the Google Drives that we use and just other things to make it more easily accessible. The desktop, not having files all over my desktop, having things in folders. And so great book, really recommend you picking it up. For my number four book, this book is Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It by Kamal Ravenkant. And why I love this book and essentially why I think it's so important that it came from this author is because uh, Kamal Ravenkant is a venture capitalist. And this guy is, if not a billionaire yet, he's very close to being there. And as opposed to writing about something like how to win and succeed in business, I found it incredibly interesting that a man that quote unquote powerful, that quote unquote successful, like depending on how you define success, is writing a book about self-esteem and loving yourself, which goes to show you that doesn't matter who you are, money doesn't necessarily make you happy or make you love yourself even more, et cetera. But the book had some great lessons about mindfulness and about little practices that you can do every single day to quite literally love yourself more. Many people, myself included, don't know why they are the way they are, why they're frustrated when certain things happen. And when you really sit down with a professional, you find out that it comes from just like you not having the best self-image or that self-image that you wish you had. So then this book actually makes you do daily small exercises, nothing crazy, that can, once again, genuinely and literally make you love yourself more. One example of this is you just telling yourself, like, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. Meditating for seven minutes, you picturing yourself taking care of yourself. And, you know, like if you were older, basically I'm 27 today and maybe I'm mad at a mistake that I made when I was 21. One of the exercises is talk to your 21 year old self and basically forgive yourself for making that mistake. And as silly as that sounds, it's made me feel a lot better about myself. I'm sure that it's going to do the same for anybody else who reads it. But like any book, you have to actually do the exercises. Some exercises are uncomfortable. Like I said, it's not easy to write down things that you are not necessarily happy with about yourself. But man, it is so powerful and rewarding if you do it. So that book made me feel uncomfortable with myself. But once again, it's because of that, it changed a lot within myself. And I 100% recommend it. Awesome. All right. My number three, I bet this one has been on a lot of people's reading list for 2020. And that is Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. This book was awesome. I really did not know what I was going to get out of this book. It was came highly recommended and it really did over deliver. So if you don't know, Chris Voss was a former international FBI hostage negotiator. And he really begins to take his 
battle-tested strategies and bring them into for high-stakes negotiations. But it's not just about negotiations. There's a lot of applications for all of you that are listening to have your sales teams to be able to think how to rethink your discovery conversations with people, whether it's about auto insurance or life insurance. So it's not just using your sales conversations, but also, or in negotiations, but just in general conversation with anybody that you're talking to. There were four words that really stood out to me in this book. Number one, listening. Number two, mirrors. Number three, labeling. And then number four, why it's important to go for no. There is a book called Go for No. But instead of getting people to answer with yes, to get them to logically then say yes, why it's important to get somebody to say no. So listening the power of using mirrors to get the person to encourage the other side to empathize and bond with you. And then basically taking someone's emotion and giving it a name. It's otherwise known as labeling is what he calls it. And then the importance of getting someone to answer in a way that you want them to by saying no and not saying yes. The book obviously has some incredible stories, some stakes that you think, wow, this is life or death. And their ability to stay cool, calm, and collected in those high-stakes negotiations, I think, really is going to be beneficial to you. When I would think negotiations, I would think just on the logical aspect. But at the end of the day, we've all heard this before. People buy on emotion and justify logically. And I believe negotiations in life are very much the same way. And he talks about that in the book. Fantastic book. Never split the difference. Chris Voss. Bradley, just to piggyback on that book, because I think that I read that book in 2018, I want to say, and it was a very, very powerful book. Can you give us an example of using the word no in a question that would get the client to give them the answer that you want? Would you be opposed to meeting next Thursday morning at 8.30? No, I wouldn't be opposed. Boom. Would Thursday at 8.30 be a bad time for you to meet? People are always asking for a good time. Like, what's a good time for you to meet? And when you ask that question. I mean, you're making people think about an infinite number of times that could work for them. But when you ask the opposite of that, like would Thursday at 8.30 in the morning be a bad time? You're making them only think about Thursday at 8.30 a.m. and if that will be a bad time or not. And let's say that it would be a bad time. Then they'll say, yes, that would be a bad time. But Thursday at 9.30 a.m. would be a good time. So just a little trick. So yeah, Bradley, definitely, definitely one of my favorite books ever. Like that book would definitely be in my top 10 books. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue and increase your bottom line? Club Capital is here to help. Built for agents by agents. So we know your struggles with accounting, payroll and HR solutions, tax services, analytics and more. Let's get you on the path to serious success. Using data-driven insights, you'll grow your business based on revenue and expense comparisons alongside your top performing peers. With over $100 million in tracked annual revenue and $70 million in tracked annual expenses, we have the data to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. Let's make your back office less of a hassle and more of the strategic generator that powers the growth to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. Visit club.capital today to book your complimentary, no obligation demo. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. For my number three book, I have I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. And the reason why I like this book is because of the fact that the name itself is super gimmicky. Most books nowadays that are talking about money, wealth, etc., they're either talking about get-rich-quick schemes, which we all know do not work, 
or just talking about finances in very broad strokes, like investing in the stock market or things that aren't really actionable. So why I love this book is because of the fact that it gives you a six-week plan to improve your relationship with finances. Most people nowadays, when they think of finances, they look at that as a source of stress. Well, Ramit here is showing you basically a rubric, a game plan for you to improve your credit, set up automatic bank rules that make it so that you don't ever have to think about what you're going to do with your next hundred bucks. Literally all that I do nowadays after I read the book, I just let the money hit the bank account. And I have set up bank rules that send the money to my Roth IRA, my 401k automatically gets taken out, money that automatically gets sent to my savings account, money that automatically gets sent to another checking account, which is where I manage my bills, my rent and things like that. And then the money that stays is just my fund money. And again, I no longer have to think about, oh crap, I have X amount of dollars in my checking. Is this money that I can actually spend or money that I still have to pay bills for? Because I know that I have another account where bills are going to be paid out of. That's just one tiny example. Another example is like actually selecting, you know, should I have a 401k? Should I have a Roth IRA or a regular IRA? What type of stocks should I purchase? Should I purchase individual stocks or index funds? All those questions are answered with data too. And then the very last point of the book is how to basically increase the money that you make. Most people, when they think of money, they only think about cutting costs, but then he actually gets into ways that you can negotiate a higher salary by being a top performer, of course, not just asking for money for the sake of asking for money, but how to negotiate for a higher salary how to get side money by just you commoditizing some things that you take for granted, but that other people benefit from. All that and a lot more are gone over in this book. So with that being said, I just rented a lot, but it is a book that I 100% recommend. Strongly, strongly encourage you guys to get it if you want to improve your relationship with money in 2021. All right. So we're getting down to the end here. We're getting down to our top two books of the year. So I recently just finished the book that I'm about to share with you. And if you are a new agent, I'm going to put out two disclaimers before I say this book. Number one, if you're a new agent, like you just started your business within the last two or three years, this should be required reading for you. It obviously is applicable for everyone. Number two, I would say just because it talks about venture capital the startup world, and that's not what growing an insurance agency is. You're not raising money from a VC firm. You're not in a startup tech world. I understand that. But his painfully honest look behind the scenes will make you really realize that what you may think and see other people as success, there may be more to it than what meets the eye. It's very similar to like judging people's lives by only the snapshots you see on Instagram or on Facebook. I mean, in the end, people only put the highlights of their life. You never see all of the pain and the struggle that they go through in their personal life on social media. And I think you rarely, if ever, get to see this level of transparency in the startup world. And so I really recommend the book, Lost and Founder a painfully honest field guide to the startup world by Rand Fishkin. I just finished this book. We're recording this in December of 2020. I just finished this book about two weeks ago and I read it basically in like four days. One of the things in particular that really stood out to me that applies both in startup, but in all of our businesses is it says that growth hacks 
can sometimes do more harm than good. They are really a substitute for the long-term success just to get some short-term wins. How many of you are listening to this can relate to that statement? This get rich quick thing, or if I only can just do this one hack, I can find the cheat codes in my business. Insurance agencies doesn't work that way. It's a lot of bunts. It's a lot of bunt advance the runner in our business. And so just be wary of those growth hacks that you may see from other people about being able to quote, scale your business. If you're listening to this podcast, you want to grow, but to take your business from $300,000 to $3 million, yeah, it can happen in the VC world. It doesn't happen that way overnight in the real world. And it sure as heck doesn't happen in your insurance agency. Read this book. It's my top two book. It's probably going to make it to my, it may even be in my top five books of all time. Rand Fishkin, Lost and Founder. Boom. Thank you for sharing that, Bradley. My next book, honestly, this book, it was very, very tough for me to put it in second place because I love it so much. If you want to read a tale of American entrepreneurship, American persistence, and just a true icon in the world of American entrepreneurship, once again, you have to read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. We can't talk entrepreneurship without talking about him. This guy, number one, is a Stanford grad which nowadays, if you have a degree from Stanford, you can basically walk into most companies and you'll be making upwards of 100K easily. And that has been the case this whole time. With that being said, this guy chose to, after he graduated, travels the world. And when he comes back to the US, says, you know what? I'm going to sell shoes. Like a Stanford grad deciding to sell shoes. And that was all that it was back then. He was a distributor for a Japanese company, Tiger Shoes. And he grew his distribution of those shoes basically nationwide. And there wasn't really one moment where he could just take a break. If it wasn't one fire, it was another. If it wasn't one person backstabbing him, it was another. If it wasn't him getting fired or him about to get fired, it was another issue. And like it was fire after fire after fire, even after founding Nike, it was just nonstop stress which people think that being a founder, being a boss is like this glamorous thing with suits and everything. It could not be further from the truth. It wasn't basically until 90s, maybe after Jordan got signed, that he could finally take a breather. But ever since the inception of Nike, the founding of Nike, it has been the scrappiest boxing match that you can imagine. I mean, it's just constant fight. And I couldn't help but go through like a roller coaster of emotions where, because once again, when it wasn't one thing pulling at this guy, it was another and another and another and another. And somehow he managed to, through pure resilience, not being smarter than anybody else, but through pure resilience, was able to build one of the biggest companies and one of the most popular companies in the world of sports, which is Nike. So definitely read the book. If you want to be inspired, if you want to know what resilience looks like, what actual resilience looks like, definitely read that book. Uh would give that book uh, another vote. That book is fantastic. Yes, that is in definitely my top 10 of all time. Love that book. And I love Nike. Okay, here we go. Drum roll, please. We're down to our top books of 2020. And this is another book that I just finished recently. And I was really trying to make sure that I didn't have recency bias just because I finished this book. This is the last book that I just finished. And as I really thought through the key takeaways and what's going to stick with me for a long time. I realized, no, this book absolutely is my favorite book 
of 2020, even if I'd read it in January. And that is think like a rocket scientist, simple strategies you can use to make giant leaps in your work and life. Ozan Verrill, and I hope I pronounced his name correctly. So Ozan, he moved to the United States from Turkey at age 17 and he went to Cornell University to study astrophysics, and then he served on the operations team for the 2003 Mars Exploration Rovers Project, which they sent two rovers to Mars. And then he went on to be a law professor at Lewis and Clark Law School. But the importance about this was, is in our coaching program, we really talk about the importance of thinking time and that business is an intellectual sport. So therefore, it requires you to think about the business. We did a podcast on this not long ago, Chris, that I said the most important thing you can do for your business is think about the business. And so any book that starts out with how to think or think like a rocket scientist, it kind of caught my attention. And this was recommended to me from a friend. And to think like a rocket scientist is to really look at the world through simply a different lens. Rocket scientists, they imagine the unimaginable, they solve the unsolvable, they transform failures into triumphs and constraints into advantages. And they just view mishaps as solvable puzzles rather than insurmountable roadblocks. And I think that that is so applicable to small business. There are going to be so many puzzles, whether it's with your people, your finances, how to make sales. There's going to be so many failures. There's going to be constraints of time, money, people capacity, et cetera. And it just really gave me, I'm going to give one specific principle coming out of the book that is probably the one principle that really stuck with me as much as anything. But it really makes me even think differently about business. And of course, it tells great stories about the Mars mission and talks about Challenger and the disasters that befuddled NASA and really how to apply that into our lives and into our businesses. But there's this, you know, the last book we were talking about, Silicon Valley and the startup world. And there's this, especially out there, there's this idea of like fail fast, fail often, right? Fail forward. And he said, it's not about just failing, this infatuation with failing all the time. What you really want is to learn fast. When you fail, what do you learn? And are you picking up something? Are you learning as fast as you may be failing? And so just to fall in love with failing all the time misses the point which is to make sure that we're learning so that we can actually get better and take advantage of that. So my favorite book of 2020, Think Like a Rocket Scientist. That's powerful indeed, but don't let Gary Vee hear that because this guy is just like, I love feelings. I love being punched in the face, which I think that there is definitely a ton of wisdom when it comes to that. And I love Gary, but just like you're saying, learning is definitely the actual thing that you should be trying to do often. Failing is great if you learn. If you learn. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. Learn. Yeah. And yeah. I, I like Gary Vee too. I mean, but at the end of the day, sometimes we have to take those buzzwords into what does that really mean? Failing sucks. Let's be really honest about it. The failures I've had when people are in business absolutely suck. I don't in those moments think, oh, this is so great. I can't wait to tell this story on a podcast in five years. No, it's not fun. Well, Bradley, it's funny you say that because the book that I'm about to share with you guys, my number one book for 2020, actually says the exact opposite of that, which is The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. I love Ryan because of the fact that he's basically a modern day philosophy. And Stoicism, as many of you may or may not know, is a philosophy that helps you deal with everyday things by simply embracing what happens. It says there's no right or wrong. 
there's just facts. And it's your perception, your view on them that makes them so. So basically, he just says, take things at face value, face them, and move on. There's no point in sitting there and wallowing. It's a matter of being objective about what's happening, which is not easy at all, by the way. That's why there's tons of books on this. But being objective about what's happening and actually get to work, get to whatever it is that you have to accomplish. That's just one example of the many teachings that are in this book. One other teaching that really sticks with me is the impermanence of life, which at first sounds dark, but it's a reality. I mean, we're all going to die at some point in time. So to quote Marcus Aurelius, we can't live every day as if we're going to live forever. What does that mean? We cannot procrastinate. Death is going to meet us at some point in time. Do you want death to find you sitting in front of a TV, flipping through the channels and procrastinating on your dreams? Or do you want it to catch you, which is going to at some point in time anyway, but do you want it to catch you in the middle of action? Do you want it to catch you in the middle of you doing a virtuous thing, in the middle of you being kind? There's so many things as well that we let affect our mood. And a lot of them are petty things. When you really think about the impermanence of life, all those things go out the window. So this book definitely helped me get through 2020 as well. Just like I said about book number five, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, this book is definitely complimentary. It sits on my desk every single day. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I post this book every single day, whatever passage I'm reading. And so many people have asked me, Chris, what's that book? I'm going to get it. It's that powerful. And mind you, I'm not even doing the book any justice at all. Just go ahead and get it for yourself. It's going to improve not just 2021, but the rest of your life. I guarantee that. Chris, this is a lot of fun. I enjoyed getting to hear about some of your books and we didn't even really prep this about what books we were going to talk about beforehand. So we didn't have any duplicates, which I think is fantastic. So we've got 10 books, 10 recommended books, all of mine for the exception of Phil Jackson's book, all kind of are in the business realm or business application. And I think hopefully more than anything, maybe we're just inspiring you to all read more going into 2021. I mean, definitely it's been one of the biggest things that's changed my life over the last three years or so whenever I really got committed into reading a few years ago, not just talking about I was reading. I mean, I think I was early on infatuated with the idea of reading just to think that I was reading and I'd buy books and I wouldn't ever finish them. But now I actually have really enjoyed finishing books. I'm at book 31. My goal for this year, my target was to finish 36 books. And so I've got to read and finish five books between now and the end of the year. And I think I'll have some time to be able to do that. Chris, any final thoughts? Yeah. It's like the MLK quote, if you can't run, then walk. If you cannot walk, then crawl. You know, like if you don't like reading, then listen to an audiobook. If you don't like audiobooks, then just watch a video. But the point is learn. Like I said, just be objective with yourself about where you are today, what your strengths and weaknesses are, and simply try to become a better person every single day. And it doesn't have to be anything grandiose, like you're suddenly going to be ripped if you haven't been ripped your life, et cetera. But like, it could be something as little as I want to run a mile without going over 10 minutes. Whatever goals that you have, simply try to work at them every single day. I think reading gives you a ton of perspective. It makes you worldly. It makes you more interesting. It makes you more interested in other people that you're meeting. It gives you a lot to talk about. So I could not recommend it enough. I don't think that I read uh, 33 books this year. Definitely read a good amount. Shout out to Bradley. He's got me beat in that department. But still, man, you got to read. You got to read. And just hopefully once we put this pandemic behind us and we can all mingle and, and go out again, you're going to have a lot to talk about. 
So before I close this out, I do want to say I learned this, I guess it's like a reading hack. So I have Mm -hmm. been purchasing this is how I've been able to read a lot of the books second half of the year. So I've been purchasing the book on Audible. So I have an Audible subscription and I will listen to the book at 2.5 speed while reading the book either on my Kindle, which most of the time it's on my iPad so I can highlight it, or if I have the physical book in front of me. Now, I still prefer the physical book, but sometimes at night when having to use a light to read whenever I'm laying down with my kids or something like that to put them to bed, that gets a little bit harder to use that. So sometimes I like the iPad experience better. But that is my hack for reading more books is now listening to a book at 2.5 speed, 2.8 speed, without having the book in front of you would be difficult. I mean, that's pretty fast. I can listen to most books at 2x speed, 1.5 for sure. But when you're reading the book or have the book in front of you, either on your iPad or physical book, you'd be surprised about how much you can take in and it would allow you to process books a lot faster. And secondly, I just wanted to share a few of the books that are kind of on my reading list going into 2021 that I've already purchased. So Built to Sell is one I'm going to be reading. The Peter Principle, Inked by Jeb Blunt, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. He's been on all kinds of podcasts over the last month or so promoting that book. I'm going to read Steve Jobs' biography. I have not read that book and I feel like I need to. I'm going to read all of Ryan Holiday's books in 2021. And then I'm also going to read a book called A More Beautiful Question. So my target for 2021 is to read 36 books again. I felt like that that was a reasonable, sustainable number. So whatever books I'm missing that need to be on that list, please let us know. You can email us, uh, Bradley at club.capital or Chris at club.capital. Shoot us a message. Let us know what books we should be considering going into 2021. And just to close out, speaking of 2021, how valuable would it be for you to know what marketing sources are the most profitable for you? How many new auto do you need to write in order to hit your auto gain target going into 2021? What about your agency revenue? How much would your agency revenue increase if you grew 300 auto policies? What about 600 auto policies? Well, that obviously takes a lot of calculations to be able to know those numbers, but you need to know your numbers. Our friends at Direct Clicks, Matt and Maddie Jones, that came up with a brand new calculator, a free calculator that you can download, a return, a marketing return on investment tool. All you have to do is click on the link either in the emails that we send out about this podcast or in the show notes. If you're listening to us on Spotify, that's my preferred podcast platform, or Apple iTunes, just click in the link, put your, all you need to put in is your email address, first and last name, and immediately you'll get a tool that you can download immediately to help you to know those numbers. How great is that? Thanks to Matt and Maddie Jones for creating this tool and making it available to all of you. Hope you all have a great 2021. We'll be back next week with another episode and just a little bit of a teaser. Our guests that we have lined up and the people we've been able to get commitments to going into 2021 is fantastic. So look forward to hearing from you in 2021. Until next time, Chris, lead well. And stay classy. 